Robert Sapp here. Welcome to the Trinity Word Ministry Podcast. Tonight we're going to get into basics. I think sometimes we get too deep. And, you know, it's it's pretty simple, the plan of salvation. And that's what we're going to talk about here tonight, is just the plan of salvation. Now, if you take a road trip or whatever, there's always signs on the side of the road that tells you where you're at, or where you're going, or the speed limit, things of that nature. Well, God has given us road signs, and it's all in one book, the book of Romans. And most people, or a lot of people, call this the Roman road salvation. So we're going to look at the Roman road to salvation and the road signs that God has placed. So if you follow along in the scriptures with me, it, it is entirely in the book of Romans, but uh, it's going to be around various places. We're going to start Romans 3 and 23, and most people know that scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. That means every one of us. All the way back to Adam and Eve, we have all sinned. As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve, Adam was the first sinner. And you say, wait, Eve wrote eight of the tree first, but she was deceived by Satan, by the serpent. And she ate not knowing exactly what God had said because she said, if we touch this tree, of the fruit will die. But what God said was, if you eat of the fruit. So she was deceived and Adam just done it willfully. He knew better and he still did it. So his was the first sin. So ever since Adam, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Bible tells us that we're not good. We're not good enough to get to heaven. We're not able in ourselves to arrive at that destination. Our goodness is but filthy rags. Our righteousness is but filthy rags. Jesus was talking to an individual, and the individual asked him, said, well, good master, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus' response was, why callest thou me good? There is none good but God the Father. So if Christ realized that no one in flesh was good enough, we should, be un we should understand that none of us are good enough. So we have all sinned, and we have come short of the glory of God. Where there's sin, there cannot be glory. Where there's sin, there cannot be God. Christ took on the sin of the whole world. Now, he did not become sin. Don't get that thought. But he took it on himself. And God the Father had to look away. And that's when Christ looked up and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All because Christ took on the sin. Romans 3 and 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's all of us. We all need this Roman road.
Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commanded His love toward us in that while he, we were yet sinners, God died. Christ died for us. God and His love. Yes, God loves everyone to the point where He sent His begotten Son to earth to die on the cross of Calvary for us. Now, I often tell people that when I was a kid growing up, there was six kids, mom and dad. Oftentimes, I wouldn't know who was going to be sitting around the kitchen table. There was always someone else, whether it was one of my friends or one of my siblings' friends. There was always someone else sitting at the kitchen table. And oftentimes, there was somebody there for breakfast as well. And a lot of those were dad's friends. They'd come in and he'd fix them breakfast and they'd sit down and chat and talk and laugh and carry on. But all of us that was sitting there at the table was protected by my parents, whether we were blood-related or just a friend of the family. We were all protected. We were all loved by my parents. But the children, my siblings, the ones that were permanently installed in the family, they got the benefits. They got all of the benefits. There was nothing held back. Not a thing. So my parents loved everybody, but when it come right down to it, they loved us more. Now then we grew up and we started marrying. And we started bringing our families, our wives, our husbands, our children into the family. And, and they are a part of the family. And they were loved. So they were grafted in or adopted into the family, the, the spouses of the siblings. My wife, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-laws, they were grafted in, adopted. Now the grandchildren, they were born into the family. All of us got to partake in that benefit of being in the part of that family. But no matter who came into that house, they were cared for. So it, expand that logic, expand that thought process, and you'll understand kind of what God goes through when He says He commendeth His love toward us. Yes, we, were, we are all loved by God, but who gets the benefits? His children. He commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when he died for us and we accepted that, we were grafted and adopted into the family. And now we get all of the benefits. So you have to be adopted, grafted, born into the family. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. Born into the family. Let's go to the next road sign. There's a curve up ahead. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin. Now, I work at a company. And they pay me for what I do. That's my wages. That's what I've earned. Sometimes I get a raise. Sometimes I don't. But my wages are what I earn. If I quit working, they'd quit paying me and I wouldn't earn that money. 
So wages is something I have earned. So the wages of sin, what I've earned by living in a life of sin is death. See, sin, as I said earlier, can't be in God's presence. That's why he had to look away on the cross of Calvary when Christ took on the sins of the world. So the wages of sin is death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life. Now, you don't have to earn a gift. We just got through celebrating Christmas. And if you have small children, you gave them gifts. You gave them presents. Some of them got exactly what they wanted for Christmas. Some of them didn't, but you give them, you give them gifts. They didn't have to earn those gifts. That was something you did. We can't earn the gift of God. We have to be born into his family. And by being born into his family, when you come to know the Lord, just as a baby is born into this world, you are helpless. A little baby can't feed, feed himself or herself. A little baby can't dress themselves. A little baby can't do anything for themselves, so they re rely on God or they rely on their parents. When we're born into the kingdom of heaven, we're helpless and we can't do anything for us. We don't know how to walk. We don't know how to talk. We don't know how to do anything. So we're born into the family as a little child. And he gives us the gift of eternal life because we are born into the family. We didn't earn it. It's a gift. What we earned was death. But what he gave us was eternal life. But how do you get into the family? How do you get born into the family? How do you accept this? Oh, let's go on up ahead. There's another road sign. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's it. That's all there is. That's one verse. And I said there's another one. There's verse number 10, but let's stop on number 9. This is the, there's two road signs here together. Verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Confess to whom? To God? You're a sinner. That's, that's that. Shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You are a sinner. You recognize that you are born into sin. And you shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Who? Jesus. Three days. He died on the cross. He was born. He was buried in the tomb or laid in the tomb for three days. He was there. Third day he walked away. He was raised from the dead. So you got to believe that you're a sinner and confess that you are a sinner, and you got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised again. And it says, Thou shalt be saved. Your family. Welcome to the family. You're new. You're young in the Lord, so you don't know what you should do. You don't know how you should act. That's where churches and other Christians are supposed to come in. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just leave you there at the altar. But that's where we're supposed to come in. We're supposed to help you and, and show you and, and teach you and help bear your burdens sometimes. Verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to believe it in your heart. 
and then you have to confess with your mouth that you're a sinner, and then salvation. That's it. That's all there is to it. I could stop here. There's a few more road signs, but I could stop here. That's that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Can't get much simpler than that. Know that you're a sinner. Confess that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart. Boom. Done. No trips to Mecca. No trips to the Holy Land. No crawling on your hands and knees. None of that. It's very simple. You're, you confess to us that you're a sinner and with your whole heart believe that Christ came back to life from being dead. You'll be saved. Romans 10 and 13, our next road sign. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. First thing you got to learn when you become a Christian is how to pray. How do you pray? Jesus. Say the name Jesus. Call on Jesus. Talk to Jesus. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, understand that when you become a Christian, that it's not always going to be easy. You're still going to have problems. You're still going to get sick. It's not smooth sailing completely. But I don't know if you've ever been to a courtroom as a defendant. But you'll have a lawyer in that courtroom. And there'll be another lawyer in that courtroom, and that's the prosecuting attorney. You'll have a defense attorney, and there's a prosecuting attorney. And that prosecuting attorney, he's going to tell everything you've ever done. He's going to... Try to convince any and all, especially the judge, that you're guilty of the tr crimes that you've been charged with. Now, your lawyer, he's not doing a thing. He's just standing there. And every once in a while, you'll glance up at him like, can't you do anything? And he just kind of looks over at you, kind of smiles, goes on back, staring at the judge. And finally, the prosecutor, he will rest. He will say, okay, I'm done. I've I pleaded my case. I've told you everything. I have proven what I said I was going to prove. Now it's your lawyer's turn. And the first words that come out of your lawyer's mouth is, Hey, Dad, talking to the judge, Hey, Dad, I know this guy, or I know this girl. They're mine. The judge picks up the gavel, hits it on the table, and says, Case dismissed. You know, I'll, I really like having the lawyer, the son of the judge. I really do. It's, it's pretty neat. Sure, you're going to have bad times and you're going to do things where none of us is perfect. We're, we all say things and do things that we're not supposed to do. We're all, we all think things that we're not supposed to think. But you got the lawyer standing beside of you who is the son of the judge that's sitting in front of you can't get much better than that. Well, as a matter of fact, it can't get any better than that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're His, and He's there for you. Romans 11.36, and this is our last road sign. For of Him, and through Him, and to Him are all things. To him, to whom be glory forever. Christ made everything, including us. 
for of him and through him to him are all things. We belong to him. If we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, he lives inside of us and he surrounds us. You cannot get any better than that. If you follow these Bible verses, you do what they say, and with a pure heart, with pure belief, you will become a Christian. And you are saved to live forever in heaven when your life is over. You are saved to live in heaven. Not saved from trials and tribulations here on this earth, but you are saved to live in heaven forever and not hell. Hell is a very real place. And Christ, when he walked on this earth, he talked more about hell than he did heaven. So hell is very real. Someplace we don't want to go. God doesn't send us there. We take ourselves it wasn't designed for us. It was designed for Satan and the fallen angels. So it wasn't designed for humans to go to hell. But we decide to go there. So by accepting Christ as your Savior, you are saved from going to hell. Again, it's not always going to be easy here on this earth, but it's worth it in the long run. It is worth it in the end. So at that, I'm going to close with a prayer. And by the way, there is no sinner's prayer in the Bible. There's no magic words. You just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you're saved. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our lives. And we ask, God, that you'll move and that you'll touch that anyone that hears this, that in now or in the future, God, that you will touch and that you will move and that you will draw them by your Spirit Lord, to you, Lord, and so that they can come to the full knowledge of you. Lord, we ask that you'll continue to bless, Lord, and that you'll continue to move. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. Guys, until we talk again, be good. Take care of each other. Love y'all.